See, William? Yes. Carrie only answered his second question, as she didn't think the first one was anything to do with him, and if she had answered it, she knew her answer would have been all round the village before the day was out. Jim pushed his flat cap to the back of his head. He was still a young man, and the hair that sprang free was as dark and as curly as Hal's. Here's a rum do you go in every day, especially if you don't take tea in kitchen. You can't be a tweeny there when you've been treated as a ruddy guest. I will be a tweeny. Granny's promised me. Carrie wished Jim would keep his troubling opinions to himself, and also that he wouldn't swear. When her father had been alive, he had never sworn in her presence. Her granny wouldn't have allowed it. Jim shifted the lame leg that made him unfit for army service, yet didn't detract from gypsy-like good looks, into a more comfortable position. And how long is this lardy dying going to carry on for? They were almost out of the village now, and the hedgerows were thick with the frothy white blossom of meadowsweet and late-flowering foxgloves. Watching a bee busily gathering pollen, Carrie said, Till the harvest is in and school starts again. Granny said, Lady Fenton, Miss Thea, Miss Olivia, their governess, Miss Violet and Miss Violet's nanny will be leaving for London at the end of September and won't be back at Gorton until Christmas. Did she? Jim gave a crack of laughter that reminded Carrie of the way Hal laughed. Well, for once your granny's wrong, her ladyship won't be going back to London this year, not with Zeppelin's raining bombs down on it. This year... Lady Fenton is going to be keeping Miss Thea, Miss Olivia and Miss Violet safe out of arms way up here in God's own country. God's own country was the way Jim always referred to Yorkshire. It was an expression Carrie liked. It made her feel that being Yorkshire-born was something special and something to be proud of. As the horse continued to trot along the lane, Carrie wondered if Jim was right about Lady Fenton and her children not leaving Gorton Hall at the end of September, as they usually did. And if he were, if it meant her visits there would continue right up until Christmas, and possibly into the new year. As the river came in sight, Jim said, If they do stay on, not much will be happening at Gorton, not even at Christmas. Why not? It seemed to Carrie that though Jim was only an odd job man, he knew far more about the goings-on at Gorton than her granny did. Because there can't be weekend parties and such when there's no valets or footmen to take care of folk. Even the gardeners are in Flanders now, fighting for king and country. Doesn't it bother you that you aren't with them? She asked curiously. His face darkened. Well, you've been listening to Village Talk, Gary Thornton. Though Althwaite had plenty to say about Jim Crosby, the only talk Carrie ever heard was from her granny, who quite often said Jim was like all Crosby men, in that he was too good-looking for his own good. To Carrie, this sounded like a compliment, but she knew it wasn't, because of the way her granny said it. Deciding it was safest not to tell Jim her granny's opinion of him, she said, No, I haven't, and granny won't have either, because she doesn't like gossip, and if she ever hears any, she never repeats it. And she's the only woman in Althwaite who doesn't. He still sounded bitter, and knowing she had somehow put him in a bad mood, Carrie stayed quiet. Jim stayed quiet too, but as they neared the bridge, he said suddenly, 
There's folk who don't believe being born lame is any reason not to be fighting, but what's a chap to do when the war office don't agree with him? They say I'd be an handicap to the rest of the lads. And though I've told them I'm as nimble as any bloke with two legs the same length, they won't wear it. They won't take me. And there's an end on it. Wishing she hadn't asked her innocently thoughtless question, Carrie said, I'm sorry, Jim. I didn't know that if you were lame you couldn't be a soldier. Jim shrugged. He wasn't particularly tall or broad-shouldered, but he was whippy and strong, and all his life he'd never been shy of joining in any fight that was going, as many pub landlords clearing up after a fracker in which he had been involved knew to their cost. That he couldn't now take part in the biggest fight in all history, but had to stay home with elderly men, and men like Armitage, Lady Fenton's pacifist chauffeur, was something that rankled so deeply...